like rappers generally don't believe in a nuanced point like the po- the point that they are making can be nuanced but the way that it's delivered it's very straight to your brain mm. so you listen to it and you exactly know what the person is talking about i don't think that happens in a lot of other genres hello everyone you're listening to the mentabad podcast and this is your host kalil welcome back to the show First of all I hope all of you listening are cooped up safe at home and making the best out of your time doing what really moves you. We're really happy to say that we've made our entry to the Spotify Top 100 podcast in India and a big shout out for all the support given to us. Getting on with the episode let me introduce today's guest. We have Pratik Lidhu also called as Novakin, a rapper, a producer and a songwriter. He currently hosts a news rap show called News Desk Freestyle on Ejable. It's pretty cool so be sure to check it out later I'll be putting some of his takes in the show notes. Starting on performing from his first year of college to where he is right now. With the experience he's had, he talks about the do's and don'ts of getting started with using your voice to make an impact. His future plans include building up a studio, take back music and release tracks as a solo artist with his group New Delhi Cartel. Some of his notable work in music include songs such as Jung 101 Remix and Gochi with Kula Prasavan. He's going to be talking about how he got started with his music influences, how he got through the initial years, music production and how having a deep passion can really help you make a difference with rap or hip hop. You can follow Pratik on Instagram at the rate novakinmusic97 and be sure to follow us at the Mentabad podcast on Instagram for the latest updates. Let's get on with the show. First off, I want to ask you about uh, your early music influences like what made you like you know kind of divert to that aspect of music uh like if i go back to my childhood i have always been like inclined to music and i think early bollywood music early pop music not even bollywood that much early pop music was very like indian pop music was a very big influence in that sense like it was the first time you heard music that was not part of any film uh, no big actors are singing on screen Mm-hmm. and music took the center stage not the story not the not govinda ke dance moves not <laughs> anything none of that it's just pure music like you heard albums of colonial cousins shan whatever whatever like so there were that at that time every big musician in bollywood has his own independent presence in the pop scene so that was sort of what drew me into this thing called mm-hmm. music because mm-hmm. usse pehle thing was like i at least i knew music only as a part of a film mm-hmm. i had only heard music which was in some way or the other a part of a movie or it was driving the movie forward mm-hmm. but the pop music the, the 2000 early 2000s late 90s ka music that was released that was sort of the first time i came to understand music as its own separate entity that's what like something and, it separates itself from the movie maybe. yeah exactly exactly and both uh, as a commodity as well and even musically because that kind of music was very different from the movies because movies may you had to please a certain kind of a narrative you had to please a certain kind of an audience this was more personal and that's mm-hmm. why it sort of connected much more so there was that and then from there once i got introduced to the internet and all then hip hop happened in like the earliest influences i would say would be like 
Indian pop music, non-film music of like 2000s. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, this thing like produce production and rapping. Eh? What did you get started with? Yeah. Was it the production part or was it like the putting the voices out there? Rapping, dude. I never planned to do any production because see, so my thing is that I am sort of like a very introvert and I I need my personal space kind of a guy. Mm-hmm. So I for, like for a long time I was writing, but I didn't know how to make that into a product, make that into a song. Mm-hmm. And at that time, I didn't know that okay, there's a person called a producer. I just thought that you need a music director because India may we only hear music directors. Mm-hmm. We don't know that there's a producer, arranger, whatever, whatever. There's a person who mixes. There's a person who composes it. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know any of that. So right. me being the person that I am, me being the sort of a shy, shy person that I am. i it was very hard for me to reach out to other people to help me with this production thing mm-hmm. so slowly and slowly i thought that okay if you can't do if you can't get somebody else to do it you might as well do it, do it yourself yeah <laughs> yeah so that's how i started into production chote chote loops and all then now now it's like 50 50 mm-hmm. i rap as much as i produce sometimes like there are some phases in which i produce more than i rap mm-hmm. so that's there but initially it all started with purely like it started out of a necessity that you don't have anybody else to make your beat so you might as well do it yourself yeah yeah completely you agree with that if yeah. you can't like get anybody else to do it if like for me it was it has always been like a crutch even mm-hmm. now like if i want to do some social media thing or some anything that i'm not very well versed with and i don't like i know that there's a person who does it but i'm having some sort of a like problem reaching out to him it's sort of set up in my mental space that okay you need to learn how to do it yourself yeah yeah that's that's very nice because yeah if something's yeah. not there you just make it make it happen right yeah, no it's not even i don't think it's a question of it not being there it's uh-huh. like i treat it as like a personal crutch or something that that's my way of getting over my uh my being shy or my being introvert uh-huh because in 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 my place if there would have been somebody who's like very well in talking with strangers and you know just he just reaches out to because i had people in my circle who were very like casual with oh i'll just call up this guy he there would be people who would just call up like sort of mainstream producers and all and they would crack meetings with them just like be friendly with them and i could never do that any mm. of that okay. so for me to go around that problem if you can call it that was to like do that thing myself so what was like kind of like the first music you made you're talking about the first song mm-hmm. first song was some uh, like some cover or some 16 verses 16 bars on some instrumental or something i think it was the first thing that i made was either uh, started from the bottom or thrift shop or something like that uh, so it started out with english yeah Yeah, yeah, yeah. It started out with English because at that time, what it was some 2013 or something. There was no major Hindi rappers that I could compare to the standards of the music that I was listening to from mm-hmm. abroad. Mm-hmm. There were your Honey Singhs, and I don't even think Bacha was there, but there were some a few people here, but they were more on the commercial side at that time. Mm-hmm. And your Indian hip hop ka boom hadn't happened yet. 
meri gali mein hadn't happened yet it says hadn't happened yet there was no th- nothing for me to get me directed towards the hindi side of things i always thought that hip hop is something that you write yourself and you write what you feel about mm-hmm. and there was there was no influences for me to try that out in hindi because there was none of it the only thing that was there was your honey sings and bachas and raftas whatever That's and what, they weren't yeah. making the kind i think of it's kind of limited back then the only thing we could yeah, like, look up to exactly is now there are all kinds of hip hop in india so if i was growing up now i would i don't think i would have started out with english and then mhm cuz obviously you know, the demographic is like that right yeah exactly yeah all right so um what do you like obviously like uh, we're all we're all coming out from engineering colleges and like yeah. i'm sure like the journey transitioning from that okay now you're an engineer so how about you do something engineer based and then coming out from that to where you are today how how has that been uh it's it was like it's it depends on how i see it on some days i'm like i feel like a war veteran or something that okay <laughs> i've like you know cleared this crazy four years of engineering i should feel great about myself and i am this survivor engineering survivor i'm doing what i want to do that kind of space and some days i feel like it's it was meant to be because i couldn't do anything else Uh-huh. So like uh, as soon as we started our engineering college had some mess up with the degrees and all. Mm-hmm. So that this thing was very clear to me that engineering is not as glorious or mm-hmm. as easy mm-hmm. as people make it out to be. Like yeah. engineering is always treated like a something ki ha ye to ho hi jayega. Uh-huh. And yet to ho jayega and also that if you don't do, if you don't know anything else just do engineering because in my 12th i had given entrances for like everything everything from law to hotel management and everything so uh, uh, in my family the thing was that okay you give entrances for everything but just as a safety net mm-hmm. and in the end we uh, came for engineering engineering maybe there were a lot of colleges i gave for nothing happened so basically whatever i had in my engineering that was the best i could get i didn't get anything better than that i didn't get any uh, stream better than engineering i didn't get any college better than the college i went to mm-hmm. so it was for me it this understanding set came in very early that okay this is not a place where i want to be mm-hmm. all right so so that as soon as that understanding kicked in this like this was around the first second semester or something then i started moving outwards that okay now that it's clear that this is not something that you want to do mm-hmm. let's go and figure out things that you might want to do in this environment so i they were like there are always two choices that you either like leave that particular environment and do something else find a new environment or you try to find things that you agree with in that environment so right. obviously for me the first option wasn't possible because a lot of money was spent a lot of commit- commitments were made for me to be in that college so yeah. the logical thing for me to do was to just find things that you like here mm-hmm. and chase that and the things that you don't like the things that you don't agree with the things that are quote unquote the problems mm-hmm. just try and stay away from them as much as possible Mm, that's right. I feel so like I you, yeah. If you like focus on the things you like and less on like stuff that really makes you exactly like not there. Yeah. And I can also I can also understand that this could be very difficult because we had people in my batch who 
left their engineering to do better things mm-hmm. and i can totally understand why you would do something like that like th- this notion of you know people have that you should not drop you should at least finish your degree i don't think that that's an option for everybody mm-hmm. so it's like whatever path you take you can either like change it comp- change it up completely or you can go through it and you know and then uh, lead a better life mm-hmm. it's just that it's just the choice that you make uh-huh so i feel like uh, even even if you're in something and but but you can't really move on to make that other something inside you happen you have to make the choice of leaving that behind i guess yeah is it yeah. going to hurt you in lot exactly. lot of ways okay exactly exactly right um so i feel especially in like uh, in a genre like uh, rapping and film production mm-hmm. uh, sorry music production so uh, mm-hmm. how important do you think the mentorship and the coaching plays out you know especially for people just starting out it is very important yeah because as i said that when we were starting out there was nobody like there were a few people like we actually used to believe when hani singh said that mai grammy launga india mein we actually used to believe that shit because that was the best we had so in my mind i was like yes there will be this guy will get us a grammy because right. there is nobody there is no one better right now if you think back about it what what shit he's talking about so it's very important <laughs> to have mentors number one and it's very important to have the right kind of mentors as well uh-huh right so uh, for hip hop i think now there are a few people mentors icons whatever you want to call them that mm-hmm. people can look up to there hasn't uh, there hasn't been a lot of mentors in the traditional sense where people would personally talk to you and personally you know coach you about something mm-hmm. that hasn't happened yet the scene hasn't become that uh, sophisticated mm-hmm. yet but if you talk about broadly uh, role model wise icons wise there have been a lot of people coming up now mm-hmm. what do you think about the indian rap scene today and what's it been like before you know i see, I see a lot of the I, i see a lot of these uh, underground things coming up and i really like the idea yeah. of it so yeah indian rap scene right now it's like it's going through its most volatile space like whatever people in the scene do now that will dictate what happens like 5 or 10 years later mm-hmm. so uh, in terms of quality in terms of the choices of music we make in terms of our associations with other industries mm-hmm. so right now is a very sensitive time for indian hip hop at the same time right now is the time of the most growth especially so, with all the hair, yeah. politics and everything is going on is that what you said that? yeah <laughs> Paul, that that way with a with the movie coming out that has given us a lot of push mm-hmm. with a, with a lot of gigs opening with a lot of clubs opening up with a lot of money coming into like the indian upper middle class mm-hmm. that directly gives us more gigs and more money and then an opportunity to make more music later mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. just so like how how sense, stand ups came out just like that you know yeah exactly so like that i'm saying in that sense we are in the phase of the best growth possible but mm-hmm. with that growth you we also need to like make sure and 
assess what kind of music are we putting forward if we just try to feed the demand mm-hmm. i i think that will be a little bit detrimental to us because then more innovation won't be possible right so i think that in that sense we are in like a very dicey place that it's a lot of good is happening but a lot of probable bad can also happen if we mm-hmm. don't like tread carefully mm-hmm. and uh, especially like what you've been doing with your uh, current uh, working the 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 news that you've uh, talking about yes, in, yes. With, with the help of rap can you actually do something here with some of your rap i don't know anything random Is anything that comes out of your mind uh, do you want me to do the news thing or what anything anything is going on Uh, okay cool so i'll uh, okay cool so uh, there's uh, i'm about to release this track called ghar okay so i'll just give you a small snippet of that sure go ahead okay let's see kuch logo ke paas hai shanti fir bhi wo andar se sadte rahe kuch logo ke paas aaram nahi kyunki wo marne se darte rahe कुछ लोगों के पास आजादी पर वो वादों से मुकरते रहे मेरे पास कुछ खास नहीं फिर भी हम आज भी धीरे धीरे आगे बढ़ते रहे मैं हाथ में लेके किताब सोचू बदलूंगा दुनिया का हिसाब घंटे से ज्यादा का ग्राइंड नहीं होता पर अक्सर अपनी नजरों में मैं नवाब नहीं बनना टू पाक जब तक कर्जे होते नहीं है साफ जब तक पापा रोज अपनी मर्जी से उठते नहीं और मम्मी करती घर के सारे काम परेशान सा था मैं भी स्टार्टिंग में फिर भी अपनी मर्जी का मालिक मैं गलती न करना अकेला समझने की मेरे साथ खड़ा न्यू डेली काटल है that's what hit us when we were young mm-hmm. that oh you can have such a crazy amount of impact in just like 40 seconds of words because if you like break down a rap song musically the mm-hmm. part which has the most impact is just like 40 50 seconds at a time because there are intros there's your chorus hook and all is there the the part which the the meat of the song Mm. that essentially is just those 40 seconds 50 seconds of a verse okay so, so like especially like, like that, yeah yeah uh, when you when you put out these things right when you put out the tracks how does it make you mm-hmm. feel like is it if is that something you relate to is that something your wits is standing against or wits you know how does yeah. that make you feel yeah it's uh, it depends on like from track to track so so like every track has its angle every track has its story of what is my take on it what mm. is what is the popular take on it do i want to challenge that popular take do i want to agree with that popular take is that a personal story is that a is that something which is topical mm. so like the uh, the thing that i just did so this song is a very personal thing this is about me going back home mm. so that so all the thoughts that would run into my mind at that time that's what the lyrics are all about okay so i feel if, like uh, if uh, you believe in that uh, thing at most uh, and the people kind of realize how how much you're feeling into it with the with the way you're saying it right yeah that's i think that's what like differentiates us from other genres of music is that it's much more personal it's much more uh, straight to the point it's much more like uh, it's much more black and white so mm-hmm. to say mm-hmm. that you 
like rappers generally don't believe in a nuanced point like the po- the point that i'm making that they are making can be nuanced but the way that it's delivered it's very straight to your brain mm. so you listen to it and you exactly know what the person is talking about i don't think that happens in a lot of other genres because it's it's much more like a lot of musicality is involved in those genres mm-hmm. so that so that takes away from the lyricism from the themes mm-hmm. that doesn't happen in hip hop hip hop the lyrics are the main thing at mm-hmm. least the kind of hip hop that like i make and i would like to make yeah lyrics are always like the essence of what you're trying to say you know so yeah exactly okay so uh, coming this is one uh, thing i really wanted to ask you imagine a student yeah. anywhere like doing okay. whatever course uh, he has like a deep passion for like rapping you know he puts these tracks out he has like a small following how can he mm-hmm. like really you know define that and make it in something into you know maybe his livelihood maybe something that represents him how can he make a difference with uh, that? uh i would say that number one work on your skills most important it doesn't matter if even if you have 10000 people liking your songs from your first song if you don't give them something different in your second song all of that would go to waste so number one have a good palette of skill sets have a good palette of sounds that you can bring forward and use them you should have a good arsenal of songs uh, and this and something similar happened to me and i i am of the belief that uh, until you have at least five kinds of songs that you can make you shouldn't put out your first song so that's what i did out of necessity that at that time we didn't have the kind of distribution we didn't have the kind of the mm-hmm. audio quality i didn't even know a lot of the technicalities of music mm-hmm. and that is why a lot of our music a lot of the music that i made in that time mm. never got out mm. but that gave me a lot of time and a lot of chances to keep bettering myself mm-hmm. so now i have so now i have sort of had this opinion that unless you have a very good arsenal of topics that you can touch upon a, a a lot of skill sets that you can have you can freestyle you can do this kind of rap you can touch on these subjects you can do these flows unless you have a very wide like a uh, palette of skill sets you mm-hmm. shouldn't go out into the next part which is the distribution and getting your songs out of course you can like do both these things side by side mm. but you should not in uh, you should not ignore this part mm. this is number one number two i think would be collaborations like the more collaborations you have the more people you work with the the variety of people that you work with it like the growth will be on another level the first part will take care of itself once you collaborate with the right kind of people so in my college mm. i had a band which had all the genres there are there was a carnatic musician there was a violinist there was a guitarist there was a kashmiri ghazal singer so the <laughs> wow. kind of the the variety of musicians i hung out with in that time uh-huh that made me grew number one as a musician number two as a rapper number three as a producer so that is very important and that has sort of helped me even now where mm. in a group of 10 rappers if nine people are talking about this 
style of rapping this thing this thing that the, the the conversation is centered around hip hop mm-hmm. i can then go around go out and tell them that okay all of this is fine why don't we try this carnatic mm-hmm. rhythm or why why don't we try this mm-hmm. ghazal theme from a ghazal or i heard this really nice classical piece why don't we use something of that mm-hmm. so it just brings more variety into the kind of music that you make maybe like try so, get inspiration from there and put it there so inspiration that... yeah exactly inspiration so they they can be inspiration they can be direct collaboration as well mm. that if you collaborate with the right kind of people you can like just call them to make your project or your song or whatever it is sound better mm. so these two things i think are the most important like work on your skills work on your main core skills the skills that are required to be a rapper and then sort of work with people who might not have those skills and might have some other skills so that you are like good in both terms mm-hmm. you are good with your own skills and then you are taking some other skills from other people yeah so, i think you're providing the expertise that you have with another person having expertise exactly they have exactly so it comes exactly. together it's a beautiful piece yeah so work with producers and it it shouldn't even be limited to music like now what i've sort of what i've planned to do is earlier i used to design all my uh cover arts all my video editing and all myself mm. but now uh since a, since a long time back i have started to move out and talk to more people who are good in that zone mm. definitely so collaborate so collaborate with designers collaborate with video people collaborate with producers engineers who can make your track sound better mm and not just in a not just in a like a selfish sort of way that okay i am making that guy work for me that shouldn't be the end goal the end goal should be that i'm working with this person because he knows something that i might not know and i would like to know that mm. i would like to at least know the process of that mm. so and uh, i would like to ask you this last question and so what are you trying to do like to continue to grow and develop as an artist you know the up- upcoming projects and music you have to offer <laughs> you know uh number one i think uh i would i'm planning to grow financially mm-hmm. because hip hop is something and in general i think the arts the field of arts we a lot of times we tend to undermine the value of money mm-hmm. like we become so engrossed in this very romantic idea of oh i'm an artist i don't need money i'm an artist i'm doing it for the art Mm-hmm. but we don't understand that art doesn't sustain itself if there is no commerce involved mm. so if if there is no if you don't have a if you don't have the money to buy a good camera you can't be a good photographer like i mean you can be a good photographer but you won't something would limit you mm. so first thing that i have because i used to be of this the same mindset that oh i'm just an artist i won't uh, i just need i just need my art and i'm just going to change the world with my art mm. but once you leave college one sort of reality kicks in you understand that no art is important art is art has its own place but money is important as well right and you need to find a way to sustain yourself and it doesn't have to be one at the cost of the other it's not mm. like now that you've started making money you would abandon the art mm-hmm. why not use the money to 
fulfill the art use the money to make the art better make it reach more people hmm. so the biggest like growth and development that i have done in the past in since i've left college is trying to work on that aspect the finance part of it number one number two again the same collaboration collaborating with as many people as possible having more people work with me on a piece of music rather than me just doing everything on my own takes it takes pressure off me as well overall the product product is better mm. then just i i think this learning new things man like learning how to make a website mm. i uh, i recently like put out my website and just i i never thought that i would be able to do something like because you know like we have that the internet age people have this notion now that okay if this guy has a website he's legit mm. so things things like this like things small things that you might not think matter like i never think i never thought that a website matters but like yeah, i think yeah like, personal branding really helps even even with your yeah, alias exactly. so things yeah yeah exactly so small things like these marketing learning learning things about that aspect so music yes will happen is happening this is music is something that i don't need to like uh, actively work on because mm, it's already so that anyway happens mm. yeah it's already some some skills have already been built over the years and i have a like a decent base when it comes to the music part of it mm. now what i want to do the next to go to the next level is these other auxiliary things that are important as well mm-hmm. so that the music is fulfilled right okay that thanks a lot for coming in today and i thank really you appreciate you. Uh, you putting out this advice cuz a lot of people don't know what to do even if they have the passion yeah and, exactly uh, yeah that's pretty much it from my side if there's anything you want to add you can do it now uh i would just like to say that um, to anybody who's listening who i don't think what like how this can help but i would just say that your current situation is a very temporary thing i know it's very hard if somebody tells you that oh in the end it's going to be all fine it's just a phase and all i have been in that i've been in that phase where people had told me that oh this will pass and i would look at them like dude you don't understand what i am going through but trust me that whatever phase you are in currently is a very temporary thing and you can go out of it if you have if you if you have that drive if you have that you know i don't i don't like to use that word passion because that's like a very overused term but it, if you if you have that if you have a reason to go out of it a genuine reason which only you understand and only like you need to explain to only yourself if you have that one reason you will get out of it so because here like in india we tend to like treat these things as very permanent that oh i failed in an exam my life is over or i didn't get the college of my choice my this is over so i understand that that mentality i understand that struggle but i just want to say that this will get over like after my engineering i didn't know what to do 
I sat for my FTI exam for sound design, and by that, by I I like appeared for my exam because I I thought that after my engineering I'll be jobless and I won't have any place anywhere else to go. So I gave that exam, but by the time the results came, I got selected. I had these ten other things that I could do. So I ended up like not going for that FTI. So things will figure themselves out. All right, thank you so much, uh, Pratik. Uh, yeah, catch you later. Thanks.